Hey everyone, welcome to PaceCast, the official podcast of PAFE Nutrition and Fitness with Katie Jaski. I'm your host, Karen, or K for short, health coach, owner, and founder of PAFE. I help busy, struggling women lose 20 or more pounds and drop the belly fat so they can feel as confident and beautiful as they deserve. PaceCast's purpose is to examine and discuss what works and what doesn't with weight loss, fitness, healthy eating, and self-care, especially in regards to mindset. Get ready to know how to finally be successful with your goals for a beautiful new you. Hello, everyone. I'll keep our episode today probably kind of short and sweet because it, it I would say the topic of today's uh, area of wellness really doesn't need a, a whole lot of explanation. It just, I guess, maybe more requires more inspiration. So we'll focus um, a little bit on how to maybe achieve some of that. So intellectual wellness, this one almost kind of makes me laugh because I would say this is the area of wellness that I personally don't need a whole lot of help with. I love learning things and I would like to say, or maybe hopefully safely assume that most teachers feel this way too, that teachers not only understand the value and benefit of learning and never stopping learning, but they see just the value of continued learning throughout their lives. Uh, As we know, continuing to learn something, whatever, even if it's random facts, just kind of keeps us going. And uh, even better, having goals, things to work towards, gives us that sense of purpose that even past retirement age just keeps us going, keeps us with it, keeps us sharp. So having intellectual wellness and knowing Feeling confident in your intellectual wellness really should be something that's sought after and made an effort towards all the way until the end of days for you. (laughs) Um, So I'll just use myself as an example first. Um, I enjoy learning about different ways to get fit. I enjoy uh, learning about different things to cook. I wish I had more time, but I really want to learn like five more languages in my life. Um, And I enjoy, I really actually enjoy learning languages. Um, uh, When I was in college, even if I had, or actually even in high school, if I had an open period, I like refused to take a study hall or refused to have a later course load. I, I like wanted to take certain electives and just enjoyed that kind of thing. And I still do. There are definitely a good handful of skills that are on my radar right now that are just random things that I want to be able to do. I bought like a couple little cross-stitch uh, sampler type of things. I want to learn how to hand embroid. Um, there's, It's just like random things, <laughs> I guess. So I guess, um, you know, talking about like how to get yourself out of a hole where you haven't really thought about intellectual wellness, I I think maybe that would be the opposite extreme that especially I could see teachers falling into is that, you know, we're surrounded by learning and teaching and skills all the time. And then in addition to that, you know, I think this is true in many states, we have to take additional uh, professional development courses to keep our certificates active. And I guess I wonder how many people, like what percentage of teachers actually find value in that? And I know it all boils down to what those courses are. Are they things that we really can find value in? Do we like the instructors? Do we know who they are, what they stand for, what they're an expert in? 
Is it something that we know we're going to need? Is it something that we're excited about? Is it something that is going to keep our attention? Or are we just going to sit there? Or are we going to try to play on our phones the whole time? Are we just there to try to get the increase in pay? Or the uh, monetary incentive that is sometimes attached? Are we just there to do our time so that our certificates stay active? You know, I, I know there's a lot of that. And that's actually not what I'm talking about here. I mean, the only advice I'm really going to give is when you select your classes, try to pick something that you have a genuine interest in or something that you really can see yourself implementing in the classroom. But to me, intellectual wellness is really not what I was just talking about. It's there. It keeps us learning something. But passive learning, where it's just going in one ear and out the other, I really don't think is doing a whole lot for our real, genuine intellectual wellness inside. Intellectual wellness, I believe in order for it to make the most of our time, has to be something that we are going to seek out. Maybe something that's totally different from our profession. Something that, you know, sometimes they say, you know, if you really enjoy something, don't make it your job. <laughs> because then it, you know, it doesn't, it becomes work. It's associated with work. It's associated with being obligatory. And it's not associated with fun anymore or a hobby anymore. And sadly, music has kind of turned into that kind of thing for me. There's a lot that I really, really enjoy about music. But above all, I enjoy two aspects. Seeing students improve and achieve through music and arranging. To me, arranging is uh, kind of like a hobby still. Um, you know, I arrange music for fun. I arrange music out of need for students. But, like, to me, it's a different task. It's not like the same old thing. And it's really fun to watch students learn it. But, you know, I'll post it on, like, Sheet Music Plus and get a little bit of money from it. So that's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> but, um, but the thing is, though, it's it doesn't hold the same excitement for me as it once would. So belly dance actually became that thing for me. But now I'm in a position where, okay, I'm teaching myself solos. Okay, I'm teaching other students and stuff. I don't want that to become work. I'm hoping I can keep that classified separately so that it never is equated with music and music performance and teaching and all that. I want it to be a separate thing so that it still seems like a hobby. But what about real hobbies? Okay, so gardening. I always try to seek to be a better gardener. Same with cooking. Um, sewing. You know, I, I kind of dabble in that every now and again, and I'm always looking to learn new things with that. But then we get into all those little additional subcategories where it's like, I want to Google this so I can learn about this. Or maybe I'll get, you know, a package, starter package and whatever so I can learn about this. Like learning how to make kombucha, that was kind of cool. But like little thing, you know, you learn it, you're good, you, you do it at your own pace. It's those kinds of things that I'm talking about. So let's go through a couple of things that will help you maybe identify what direction to go in. Because when we get lost in the busyness of work, I know it's super easy to lose sight of those additional hobbies. Hobbies are what make intellectual wellness really all come together so that you're excited about learning something. You make it a hobby. You make it something that's like your go-to activity or two to enjoy. And intellectual wellness does not have to be something for you and only you. I mean, it could be, and 
I, I think maybe ideally having something that is uniquely for you and uniquely for you and a family member, you and your kids to learn together, you and your friend to take some time out each week to hang out and pursue this this opportunity, whatever it is, you know, that's important too. And then that helps nourish your social wellness. Learning together, you know, in pairs or a group is really good for social wellness because it keeps the other stressful stuff out of it, you know, <laughs> keeps you focused on something, something fun. Um, so like you can see how that crosses over really well, but even though that's important, I think picking an activity that is uniquely you is good. You know, a lot of people keep bucket lists or have thought about keeping a bucket list. Maybe that's a really good way to start. What is on your bucket list? Learn how to blank. What has always been that little inkling of, you know, at some point I'd like to learn this. Make a list of just that. What kinds of things are you coming up with? I'll bet some are really, really, really long term, like would take years to get to where you want to be. But I'll bet some is like, you know, something you could do and kind of get figured out in a few attempts. You know, maybe rank them by timeline and decide, okay, so if I want to learn how to make kombucha, all right. So I'll get that down in probably my first few batches, right? That's about what it took me, actually, when I was learning a few months ago. Um, and then you've got this cool skill to make this thing that's really expensive, and then you just keep enjoying it. So, but eventually that's not going to do a whole lot for your intellectual wellness. The long-term things will. And, and I tell my music students this, or their parents, is that if it holds your interest, then it's meant to be a part of your life. If it keeps you excited to keep coming back to it, it's meant to be a part of your life. And it is okay if those don't eventually. If you feel like you need to drift towards something else, okay. Respect the time that you took with this skill, took with learning this. At least now you know what it's all about. And nobody can take that experience away from you. That's important. It has helped to shape you. Probably some scientist would say, yes, that has, this has put this curve into your brain. And, you know, nothing can take that away now, you know? I mean, they say that learning does actually make, like, actual physical changes in your brain. It's kind of cool. But I guess approach the idea of intellectual wellness like that and start small. It's not like you have to suddenly learn five skills all at once. No, nobody has time for that. <laughs> so, you know, pick one and just be like, okay, I think I'm going to dabble with this a little bit on the side. And you can start your journey with that by, you know, getting into what it entails. What are the supplies that are going to be needed? What kind of time do you feel like you should dedicate towards that each week? Is it a weekends only thing? Is it a daily thing? Like, what cool thing can you learn out of this? And, you know, is it just a, a learn it and then you're done? Or should we divide this experience up into stages? You know, for instance, like, learning a dance class. Of course, it's divided up into different levels, you know, when you start to study it seriously, even as an adult. Now there's that beginner class, and then there's like a true level one class where you start to get into the meat of everything, and then level whatever, and then suddenly you're advanced. And then you're doing some pretty cool things by then. Nobody can take those experiences away from you. And, you know, look, maybe there's other opportunities that can open up along the way. You know, that that's what happened to me with dance. I didn't intend on going that far, and I was extremely honored when I was asked to be part of the troupe. And now I do, like, 
I don't know, twice the amount of performing <laughs> I used to at least, maybe three times. And I get solo opportunities. And now I have a teaching opportunity. I mean, you, you never know. You just don't know. And you never will know unless you decide you're going to take that opportunity for yourself and just immerse yourself into it a little bit. No, don't obsess. Nobody has time for that either. But, like, allow yourself that time, a little bit each week, to just be like, okay, I'm going to work on this thing, all right? And that's okay, and it's good for you, and you're going to feel good in the in the mind, in the soul afterwards. It's, it's, a, it's such a very important thing. So, I guess um, I'll just kind of give some action steps surrounding this and probably wrap things up here. So, right now... You know, as you're listening to this podcast, as long as you're not like doing something important like driving or just come back to this. I started this point at about 12 minutes into the podcast. OK, <laughs> so, um, you know, take a sheet of paper or maybe open up a memo on your phone and just write down someday I'd like to learn how to. And begin your list. You know, it doesn't have to be long, maybe like five, three, three, I don't know, three to seven things, average five. And pause here if you'd like a moment to do that. All right. And then what I want you to do is, if you wrote in numbers, okay, rewrite them. Rank them in order from, will this take a little bit of time? Or will this take me years? And kind of rank them about how long you think they will be. I mean, this is just your best guess, you know, based on your concept of what this skill or achievement would you know, would be. All right. And then next, you know, underneath, write down, and this could be a good journaling exercise too. Um, underneath, write down what you'll get out of it. You know, if it is using the example of learning to dance, obviously you'll get workouts out of it. You'll get some toning, some strengthening. You'll get some balance. If it's, say, some sort of craft, you'll be able to create blank. You'll be able to go to craft shows on the weekends, make a little extra money. You'll be able to have amazing gifts to give people around the holidays. If it's something that's around, like, the culinary arts, you know, your, uh, your answers can kind of be the same. You'll have gifts to give people. You'll be able to go to farmer's markets if you get really good at it. Um, you might learn how to locally source the uh, ingredients needed or learn how to grow or produce them yourself. Like, there's just a lot that can really, really just expand outward um, so that you end up acquiring all these little sub-skills for whatever is on your list from 1 to 7 or whatever it is you just did. So that way... Especially when you're like, ah, I don't feel like doing this. You can always come back and recognize the value of why you were interested in the first place. It is super, super easy to lose sight of that. What about studying an instrument? I get parents, grandparents saying to me all the time, and I do mean this all the time. I've heard it so many times. Oh, I wish I'd taken time to study the blank. Or oh, I wish I'd never given up playing the flute. Or, oh, I wish I, I was as good as the piano as my kid is now. Like, I hear this stuff all the time. Just regret after regret of giving up the instrument that they learned as a kid. Or, or never picking up one to begin with. 
you know, or regretting not having the opportunity because maybe the family wasn't well off enough to provide. That is something that that's a valid thing. And maybe if you're listening to this right now and that is what you're thinking too, you do not have to wait to start. I am speaking from real legit experience here. The oldest student I ever started was 78 years old. She was a widow. She lived alone. She was retired, of course. She had nothing to do. So she just played piano and played piano and played piano. She got pretty good, actually. Like, I really, really admire and respect that. And I hope she's doing well. You know, I haven't seen her since before COVID. But, like, she studied with me for a few years. And I respected the time and effort she put into it. How good that was for her at her age. So, what if you started at age 45? Think of how good you'd be at age 60. You see, adults, when they practice, especially working adults, when they practice, like, they practice because they want to. And they practice in ways that's going to be, they're going to uh, benefit from ways where it's more efficient. Like, it is good practice, not just haphazard, okay, I ran through it, I'm good, the timer's done. No, they're doing it because, and have, like, invested uh, actual mental effort into it. Like, it's really different. It's cool. I love teaching adults for that reason. It's their their approach is so different. And actually, I see it a lot in my teenagers, too, that I teach. It's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, musical instrument is not a bad choice for this kind of thing, too. It really isn't. Or, or some offbeat skill, like ventriloquism, or being a magician, or just those really fun ones. And not, these don't have to be performing arts, either. That's why they start to have a lot of those... Um, you know, the painted, painting with a twist type of parties or, um, you know, paint and sips or whatever. I mean, even if you're bad at painting, I mean, see, I have such a hard time. As a music teacher, I have such a hard time with people saying that they're bad at something. Like, that they're naturally bad at it. I don't know if I actually believe statements like that. I feel like if you're bad at a certain skill or you were bad at it, I believe it comes down to a few things not having the drive towards it so maybe it was the wrong hobby to begin with so you didn't really feel like putting in the mental effort towards it it just wasn't your thing maybe you didn't have really good instruction i do believe that's part of it there are good teachers there are bad teachers it exists yeah i know but remember we're only as good as what we decide to put forth the effort to learn and to um, hone in on our craft um, i'm speaking from the teacher now but like <laughs> as the student in whatever skill this is yeah, maybe your teacher wasn't the best at breaking breaking it down for you. And maybe that's what you needed. Maybe there was a missing step in your instruction. Maybe you, you missed some of the instruction. It just never gelled. You know, there could have been something with that. Or maybe there was a certain little special subscale that if you just knew how to do blank, blank skill would be so much easier for you. Do you know? Maybe not. Can you find out? Absolutely. <laughs> Or the third thing is maybe you just weren't putting enough time into it. Maybe you knew a little something about it. Maybe you could do a couple things. Maybe you could play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the violin. Maybe you could play Old MacDonald or something like that. Maybe you just didn't get further from it Be or because maybe you quit before you ever got to Vivaldi, you know? <laughs> it's hard for certain personalities to understand, realize, and see the value in the fact that some skills do not take a few weeks. That some of them 
you may not be where you want to be for a few years. And it just depends on what the skill is. You know, speaking speaking from the point of view of, as a piano teacher, uh, you know, I once asked my uh, a piano teacher of mine, you know, how many years it would be until I could just, like, sight read, meaning, like, play it the first time, hands together, you know, like, both parts, you know, just pick up a book and just do it. And uh, she said 10 years. And I believed that. And I sort of still believe that to this day. I have some students that have studied with me for 10 years that can do that. And I have some that can't. And I know exactly the reason why. It's how much over the years they were able to put into their practice week each week. If it was once or twice, no, they can't do that. If it was three to four times, maybe more. Yeah, yeah, by 10 years they can do that. But look how much time it took them to get there. A decade. But man, the process was fun. <laughs> okay, so, you know, just, I guess, putting all that into perspective as to what your life can handle now and maybe which ones you can put off till later. Just remember, the more you put off something, you know, nobody can predict what life is going to look like. So maybe don't wait. Maybe just take things in little steps. All right? So hopefully this has given you some perspective on how to go about achieving intellectual wellness. It's, uh, it's so good and so good for you and is a real balancer from the stressors of everyday life. Right? So enjoy the rest of your weekend and until next time, thank you. Thank you for joining me today on FaithCast. I hope you found the content enjoyable and inspiring for your own healthy habits. If you are ready to take things another step forward, please visit my Facebook business page at facebook.com slash faithnutritionandfitness, click like, and click on the top pinned post to get my weight loss quick start guide as a free gift. Together, we can achieve whatever weight loss and healthy lifestyle goals you dream of.